Welcome to Mulready Minutes with Oklahoma Insurance Commissioner Glenn Mulready. This is a podcast about insurance for insurance folks, risk managers, and business leaders. We'll dive deep and look at what is and isn't working, talk to leaders in the industry, and keep you informed on what's happening in Oklahoma and around the country. Hi, this is Glenn Mulready, Oklahoma Insurance Commissioner. Welcome to another Mulready Minutes podcast. We are doubly blessed today to have two uh, team members from our team that head up a very important and a very busy area of our department. But let me give a quick intro. I usually don't read an intro, but I will today. Um, I'm sure everybody's aware that September is Insurance Awareness Month and a good time to look at the Oklahoma Insurance Department and one of the busiest divisions at our agency, which is our consumer assistance area. Uh, we always like to take the time to educate Oklahoma on what the insurance department does and what we're responsible for. Number one, consumer protection. We talk about that all the time at our agency, that that's our number one priority. Uh, number two, enforcing the insurance-related laws of the state. And number three, promoting a competitive marketplace and ensuring the solvency of the entities we regulate. Those entities include insurance companies, insurance agents, uh, bail bondsmen, real estate appraisers, a number of things that folks m- normally may not think of when it comes to the Oklahoma Insurance Department. So on, just on that issue, I'll comment on promoting a competitive marketplace. Uh, when I ran for office, I talked about just trying to gain more choices for Oklahomans. I believe that's important to have a competitive free market, uh, give folks lots of choices, and they can make good decisions for them and their family. Okay, enough for the intro there. We are blessed, as I said, to have uh, uh, two guests here today. So we have our Director of Consumer Assistance, Donna Dore, uh, and then we have our Senior Claims Processor and Reviewer, Jason Johnston, and they both have been team members at the Oklahoma Insurance Department for quite some time. They predate me just a little bit. Uh, but Donna, how long have you been at the department? 20 years. Jason? Been there 25 years. That's a long time. And on behalf of Oklahoma, thank you for serving Oklahoma in that role. Uh, that is some great knowledge, a great experience that uh, gets passed down to their teams. Uh, and so on the title there, just to make sure uh, the audience is clear, so Don oversees that that division. Uh, we just separate that division in property and casualty and in life and health. And Jason really heads up all of our property and casualty claims. And uh, fortunately or unfortunately, he gets handled handed some of the more difficult uh, property and casualty claims and, and complaints uh, as well. So Donna, yes. I'll start with you. Tell us about the Consumer Assistance Division, what they're responsible for, how you break that up. What does that look like? Well, we take in complaints. People call our office and then they file complaints. Um, and then we investigate. We try to answer just general inquiries. And, um, you know, if we find any violations, we refer them over to legal. If we're able to help, we will. And Jason, on the property and casualty, um, Talk a little bit about that. What I do is I regulate or oversee a few of our property and casualty analysts, and then I take on the harder cases, also the service warranties and uh, title insurance roles. Uh, anything that's that's commercial is more difficult. I will field those, and then um, I also train the other analysts to try and learn those those uh, subjects as well. Okay. So when I'm out speaking publicly, I often talk about. I talk a lot about your division, if you didn't know, and in a very positive light and how helpful we are able to be and the number of calls that we take, uh, your division takes. You know, on average, I always say about 15,000 calls. I note year to date, um, we've taken over 12,000 calls. So we may peak that number this year, but you guys are handling a lot of volume, quite a busy division for us. 
Donna, you mentioned uh, getting those complaints in, but I'll go back to, I guess, what I started with, those entities we regulate. It's not just insurance you're getting calls on uh, to. You receive some other calls and complaints. Yes, we are the front line for all complaints. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, anywhere from... Uh, you know, adjust licensing. They want to know if an agent's properly licensed. They want to know if an insurance company's licensed um, title, real estate appraisal. Right, right. I wasn't throwing you a trick okay, question. Okay, three out there, did yes, I? <laughs> yes. We are the front line. We answer just about. We're if anybody doesn't know how to answer a question, it goes through us first. We can usually filter it and find the right people. We work with everybody in the department. Yeah, and I mean, this is probably a good time to to plug. OID.OK.gov. Go to the bottom of that first page. There'll be a little box. Click on file a complaint. It's a short form, basic contact info, little box for narrative. Uh, and then you submit that. And that's where this ends up in this division here. Anything you'd add to the filing of the complaint or a phone call? If someone calls in, you're going to direct them to the site to complete a form. Anyways, is that correct? Yes. Usually what I would do with those is I'd try and answer those questions to give them an idea of what to expect and what to uh, maybe do on their own to help resolve some of those things. And then if they need to file a complaint, go ahead and do that. Now, a lot of the questions are, what are my rights and those sort of things? And we really yeah. can't give them their rights, but we can give them suggestions as to what to do uh, in their situation to, to maybe help them along with getting something off high center or, or just giving knowledge of what they're supposed to do so that they hear from totally doesn't have a, a dog in the fight so to say sure and so you can be thinking about it while i go to jason on okay. this question uh, about a life and health standpoint but jason a, a typical property and casualty property and casualty claim or, or complaint uh -huh. uh, what would that look like what is one of the more common complaints you might see well, since we've had a lot of hail this last year and a lot of windstorms we have a lot of complaints or, or questions about trees falling on neighbors cars mm -hmm. or trees falling on the house and what they will pay for what they won't pay for um, and the trees are pretty unique in this situation because if it falls on the house, they'll pay to remove the tree. If it falls in the yard, it's the homeowner's responsibility to pick uh -huh. that up. And if the neighbor's tree falls on your car, you only have liability. If the wind caused it or it's an act of God or act of nature, then unfortunately that's going to be your loss to take care of. It's not the neighbor's responsibility. If they're cutting the tree down and it falls in your car, now the neighbor's responsible. Yeah, they're so, liable. But mm -hmm. there's some little nuances to that. And so we get a few of those questions when the yeah. storms come in. And of course, we had a bunch of those after the mid-June storm in Tulsa where we had 100 mile an hour winds at midnight and uh, lots of trees and branches down. And so that is a very common question. I know I fielded media interviews and answered those same exact questions that comes up every, every storm. So Donna, life and health side a more common or I don't want to say typical, but what what might you see on that side from a complaint standpoint? Well, for the health side, it's mostly <clears throat> um, I, I've filed a claim and they denied it, whether it be for medical necessity or uh, that it's not covered in general or just a number of reasons. So a lot of people don't even know really how to look at their explanation of benefits to know that it does tell you exactly why it's not covered Ugh. and what they need to do next. Um, and and that's okay. Nobody reads that stuff a lot, but they can call us and we can walk them through the process. And uh, we initially have them file a complaint and we will investigate it more times than not. If it's, uh, it, it could, more times than not, it is a claim that the insurance company did not get all the medical information they needed 
to make that determination. Uh-huh. Um, and so it just kind of hangs out there as a denied claim until they get more information. Uh, so the people really need to file complaints or appeals directly with their insurance company when they get an initial denial. That's a good point. So let's dig into that a little bit more because yes. there is a process and maybe you can just cover that as far as appealing internally to the company and then on onto external review. So yes. can you talk about that yes. process? So that when you uh, file a claim and it comes in as a complaint, you do have rights to file an appeal with your insurance company. And uh, so do it, you know, do it. I think that uh, less than 1% actually file appeals, even though uh, like more than 50% are overturned when an appeal is filed. So it's, it's uh, you need to do it. Uh, but if you file an internal appeal and they still deny it and you feel like that's not fair for whatever reason, they're saying it's not medically necessary uh, or the, the hospital setting is not or appropriate. Or often your doctor's whatever. giving advice yeah, of what should I be mean, done. That, how would you know? You're not, you know, how would you know? And so you could go through our office. We, we do have a complaint process, but if you've exhausted all your internal appeals, you can do an external review. And that external review goes to an independent reviewer completely outside of the insurance company and completely outside of our office. And uh, they they are medical professionals and they will review everything and come up with the final determination. It is binding, uh, but it does have a different set of eyes on all the documentation. Um, and a lot of times we do get those overturned. Yeah, that's a great description of, of that process. And that external review, does go to a third party unaffiliated with the insurance company and uh, a, an expert, if you will, or in that field, in the field specifically yes. as well. So a lot of people just do not know about that. That is the final stop, though, that external review, that's a, that's a final uh, decision. But at any rate, the Oklahoma Insurance Department, this area is there to go to bat for you. Uh, they understand the contracts. They understand the laws, making sure the companies. Really, a lot of what they're doing is holding companies' feet to the fire, right? Sure. Make sure they're abiding by the contract, the promises they've made, uh, as well as they're abiding by our laws and rules uh, within Oklahoma. Okay. So, um, great little summary of, of our consumer assistance area and how busy you are. What else should people know? Anything that you'd like to add that uh, folks should know about our consumer assistance area or how they could do something to be more helpful to you all? Um, on the property casualty side, I would recommend everyone renting or a homeowner do a home inventory list. We have a an option on our webpage for you to do that for free through NEIC.org, I believe it is. Um, basically, just take pictures of your house, contents, and write down what you have. That way, if you do have a storm, it destroys everything and it's gone or everything's stolen. You have pictures and you have information. And it makes your claim easier to handle with the adjuster. And you can show what you've owned. You show it in the house. Uh, you show when you bought it, when you what you paid for it. And at the end of the day, that makes that claim a lot smoother for you. Because um, your homeowners are done in, in or, or it's completed in a three-step scenario. Basically, you have your house dwelling, you have your contents, and you have your ALE. And additional living expense. Yep. Yeah. And so with additional living expense, that's, you just show receipts and they reimburse you for that. Dwelling, the company takes care of that because they know, they know the numbers and they kind of got an estimate what's going to cost it. But they don't help too much with the, with the uh, contents. And so the contents is mostly the consumer's responsibility. So if you take care of that beforehand, your stress level will be a lot less in a situation like if you're in a total loss like that, you'll be able to run through that pretty easily. No one will be so taxing trying to remember what all you had at home and, living, and go through all of the memories you've lost. So. Got it. Great advice. I didn't mean to jump on you, Jason, on this 
podcasts, I try to stay away from those TLAs, three-letter acronyms. So. <laughs> and, and consumer, that's about as far as I go with, it, with those acronyms, too. We typically talk normal with those. I don't use all the... the yeah. uh, we, uh, that's something we harp on is the inventory and that everybody... Well, it's in my other pocket. Everybody's got a camera in their pocket, right, or on in their purse, and so it's real easy. I mean, go back not that long ago, it wasn't as easy, right? You had a right. video camera, maybe, but you, but you go around to take an inventory in the event of loss versus trying to recreate that in your head. What was in this room, you know? So, um, highly encourage that. We have our campaign. Mulready says, "Get ready." That's part of that. Open that every inventory. drawer and every door. You know, just take a picture of the room. What's in the, What's in the drawers? This is important. What's outside the door? So, yeah. you can have. $300 on silverware, you don't write that down, you don't get reimbursed for that. Don, anything else you'd want to add or throw out to folks well, that we, we missed? Yeah, I mean, we just want people to know that we're here. We got a lot of good information on our website. We're, uh, we have a consumer assistance tab on our website, and it's got information for life, health, uh, home, auto. Uh, we try to provide as much information online as we do on a phone call. So if someone doesn't want to talk to someone, they can always go online and check us out there. Yeah. I might add something, too, that we did when, when, when I first came in, and I was dissecting the department, if you will, and learning. And, um, you know, with the law, the statute was previously, when we contacted the company, they had 30 days to get back to us. I know my first reaction to that was, that seems like a long time. This isn't someone's first reporting of a claim. They are frustrated, typically, when they're reaching us. And so, we went to the legislature, actually we surveyed other states to see what their norm was, and we realized, indeed, we were probably too easy on the insurance companies. And so we went to the legislature and got that shortened from 30 days to 20 days, um, so to be more in the norm and be more responsive to, to Oklahomans. So um, anyways, we will wrap up, I guess, with that. This is our, our Consumer Assistance Division. I'll remind you of a couple of things. Uh, number one, we're here to serve you. Uh, what I said, to over 12,500 phone calls we've already handled this year. We've recovered over $5.5 million for folks through your division, um, doing a great job out there serving Oklahomans. Folks need to know that's available at oid.ok.gov or 1-800-522-0071. We'll get you to these guys and get you some great help. So for now, till the next Mulready Minute podcast, thanks for joining us. See you next time. If you found this episode informative, please subscribe and share with your colleagues. Visit oid.ok.gov slash podcast. Let us know what topics you would like to hear about on this podcast. Until next time, take care from the Oklahoma Insurance Department.